Welcome to Oathbreaker MTG. I'm your host, James. This podcast is dedicated to the Oathbreaker format of Magic the Gathering, and this is a deck around Vraska the Relic Seeker. This super swagger planeswalker Gorgon, who was forcibly shipped with Jace after having a not good history with him, but after the romantic cruise through the love tunnel that was excellent, everything seems to be going well. Anyway, with Vraska's history of persecution, her homeland, Ravnica, it would make sense she amass a team of Golgari rebels and smash back against everyone, which is how this deck is built. With Overrun as her signature spell, the goal is to amass an army of tokens, cast Overrun, and literally overrun our opponents. That's fun. This is fun. It's not hyper-competitive Oathbreaker deck that mills you out on turn four or Aetherflux Reservoirs you to pieces on turn two. No, this is more like a turn eight, turn nine, do your thing deck meant for casual fun because there is nothing more casual than a Gorgon showing up at your party with an army of pirates and zombies. Without further distractions, let's begin with the queen herself. Vraska, Relic Seeker. She has a converted mana cost of six, four, green, and a black. She enters play with six loyalty counters, plus one to create a two power and two toughness. Black pirate creature token with menace. Minus three, destroy target creature, artifact, or enchantment. Very versatile. Then you create a treasure token, which tap sacrifices itself to give you one mana of any color. And then finally, minus ten. Target player's life total becomes one, which isn't quite necessary for the deck, but you could turn to Frank, who had teamed up with you the whole game, and say, quote, unquote, Frank, I have nothing against you. I couldn't tell you how gay I am for you and your Teferi. But I believe in the heart of the cards, and the heart of the cards is telling me to subtract you from this game. Bye. Following the Oathbreaker deck construction template in previous video, <laughs> I chose to put my three flex positions into ramp. So, I have Birds of Paradise, Llanowar Elves, Sakura Tribe Elder, Golgari Signet, Golgari Locket, and Mindstone. Golgari Signet is only one, is the only one of which that does not have an alternate use. So, if you copy this deck, you are free to make adjustment to that spot, to which I would definitely suggest Elvish Mystic. This deck runs 9 forests and 9 swamps since the color ratio is very close to 50-50. And then the remaining 5 lands are Command Tower, Nurturing Peatland, Spawning Bed, Woodland Cemetery, and Zoetic Cavern. Zoetic Cavern is a morph land for a cost of 2 and produces colorless. Spawning Bed also produces a colorless, but you can pay 6 mana, tap, and sacrifice Spawning Bed. Then you create 3 1 power, 1 toughness Eldrazi Scions that you can sacrifice to produce a colorless mana. But those two lands are just for, you know, if you want to use Overrun in the following turn. <laughs> for single target removal, I chose Beast Within, Assassin's Trophy, and Maelstrom Pulse. Beast Within is an instant which destroys target permanent for two and a green, then gives the player of which you destroyed a permanent of a three power and three toughness green beast creature token, Assassin's Trophy costs a green and a black, only two mana. Not three, like the aforementioned Beast Within. 
And this one's also an instant. It destroys target permanent and opponent controls. So you can't target your own stuff like you would if somebody gave you a crone horse. This would not help your situation if you want to get rid of that filthy horse. But thankfully, Vraska can take care of something such as that with her own minus ability. After destroying an opponent's permanent with Assassin's Trophy, they get to search their library for a basic land card and put it into play. A small price to pay, I believe. Then Maelstrom Pulse is one, a green and a black. Convert mana cost of three. Destroy target non-land permanent. And then an added bonus. With each permanent with the same name, Maelstrom Pulse is an easy answer to an opponent who has a token army of their own. Like if they've amassed a horde of thopters or copied a bunch of worm coil token babies. Maelstrom Post could be considered a board to wipe because of this, but the real board wipes of this deck are Languish. Uh, yes, Languish is a sorcery. You pay two black mana and two for convert mana cost of four. All creatures get minus four power and minus four toughness. Black Sun's Zenith is also there. You pay two black mana and and X, and all creatures get X. Minus one, minus one counters. Then it gets shuffled back into your library after you use it. It's also a sorcery, Black Sun's Zenith. Black Sun's Zenith. Blah, blah, blah. And this next one is an instant, though. Golgari Charm. You can choose one of these abilities. Destroy target enchantment. Regenerate each creature you control. Nice if somebody just cast a board wipe. Or all creatures get minus one, minus one till end of turn. This is going to clear away tokens or power down opponents' creatures enough for you to run them over more easily. It only costs a green and a black. So collectively, you could subtract a total of 15 power and 15 toughness away from the board for two mana. Still have to worry about drawing draws. Con Still have to worry about drawing cards consistently to stay gassed up through the game. So I selected Alter's Reap, one and a black, sacrifice a creature, and draw two cards. It's instant speed. Play right before one of your creatures gets eaten. That's what I would say. Knight's Whisper, one and a black for a sorcery. Draw two cards, lose two life. Read the bones, another sorcery. Pay two and a black. Scry two, draw two, lose two life. I want these cards to be played in the early to mid game, helping dig into the cards that are the real power of this deck. And since those are those the, the, the deck essentials, let's get into the actual gas, the actual cards that really make this deck purr. Skull Clamp. We'll start that off there. For one mana, equipped cost of one, equipped creature gets plus one power, minus one toughness. I figured most tokens are 1-1s, one a lot are 2-2s, two and there's 3-3s. Three Since Frasca creates 2-2s, two I can equip Skull Clamp to one of those, and then they can trade if your opponent has Worm Coil tokens or beasts. Then, it's also an awesome source for drawing cards, with cards like, say, Squirrel's Nest, one green-green convert mana cost of three for an enchantment, Enchant Land. That land can now tap to produce a one-power, one-toughness squirrel token. And then there's also Curse of Disturbance. This also creates tokens. It costs two and a black. Play in mid-game, I would recommend, just like Squirrel's Nest. So it is, this would help you, this one, Curse of Disturbance, will help you to divert attackers. And it also gets your army going. Whenever the enchanted player is attacked, 
you get a two power, two toughness, black zombie token, creature token. And an opponent gets one as well if they attack that player. Shamble back for a black mana, exile target creature card from a graveyard, give yourself a 2-2 black zombie creature token, and gain two life. Avenger of Zendikar, five and two green for a converted man cost of seven. It's a five-five elemental, which when enters the battlefield, create a zero power, one toughness green plant creature token for each land you control. It also has a landfall trigger, which each time a land enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on each plant you control, which isn't really part of the deck, I would say. I hope it would come out on turn five or six and create about five tokens. That would give you 15 extra power when you cast Overrun. Bloodline Keeper. Two, black, and black. For a three power, three toughness, flying vampire, which you can tap to create a two, two vampire creature token with flying. You can pay a black to flip him over once you have five vampires on the field. But that doesn't really seem very likely, and it's not the goal. I mean, the deck isn't trying to make you do that, but just in case you did ever get that activation, you're curious, it becomes a 5-5 flyer that gives all the vampires plus 2, plus 2, while keeping the baby-making ability. Champion of Lambolt. One, a green, and a green. Converted mana cost of 3! She's a 1-1, but whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, she gets a plus 1, plus 1 counter. Partner this up with any other token generator on this deck. And Vraska, she'll be really big really fast. Not only that, but creatures with power less can't block your creatures. For example, you have her out. You use Squirrel's Nest plus Vraska. Champion of Lambolts, now a 3-3. Creatures with power 1 and power 2 cannot block any of your creatures. Combine that with Overrun, pretty much all your creatures are unblockable. Oh my god, so evil. Crypt Cryptbreaker is a one power, one toughness for a single black mana that will hopefully come out turn one. You pay one and a black, tap him, discard a card. You create a two power, two toughness black zombie creature token. And then there's also this other ability that's kind of trashy. You can tap three untapped zombies, you control, draw a card, and lose life. Though I doubt that last ability will be ever used here at all. Not because there won't be enough zombies, but because we have Ghoul Caller Gisa. And, you know, that's <laughs> just a weak trade-off of resources. You tap three zombies, and you lose a life for one card? What? No. Ghoul Caller Gisa for three and two black mana, convert mana cost of five. She's a three power, four toughness human wizard. Pay a black, tap her, sacrifice another creature, and put X creature tokens onto the battlefield, where X was a sacrifice creature tower, creature's power. And those creature tokens are two power, two toughness zombies. Still more zombies. I mean, when you cast Overrun, you'll have five, five trampling zombies. What? <gasps> Grave Titan. Six convert mana cost, four and two black. This six, six giant comes in creating you two black zombie creature tokens which are all also tutus. Then whenever he attacks, you get two more tutus. Also, he has Death Touch, which really hardly matters for a creature with six power. And then you give it Trample, and then that's just scary. Trample and Death Touch. <laughs> that That's the sound that corpses make when they become corpses. You know, because they have 
Never mind, let's not talk about this. <laughs> the other card may be one of the least powerful cards in the deck. Ivy Lane Denizen for three and a green. This elf warrior has two power and three toughness. And whenever a green creature enters with a battlefield under your control, you put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. It still has its uses, especially when paired with Squirrel's Nest and Adventure of Zendikar. This can also help out <laughs> you politically by offering the pump your opponent's creatures, you can trade benefits and get more than you originally expected using this card, such as you got, you know, your squirrel's nest. You're about to put Avenge of Zendikar on the board. You'll be like, hey, broski, you got your unblockable shish kebab here. If you take out John's Planeswalker, then I will pump up your creature. Sound good? Okay, let's carry on. Okay, Marionette Master. Cost four and two black mana for a one power, two toughness. Six mana for a one, two. But her ability is Fabricate three. So you're paying six mana for four creatures. Pretty good, right? One of which has three toughness. And this other ability. Wait a minute. Yeah, I think that's a three or a two. Either way, whenever an artifact you control is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, target player loses life equal to Marionette Master's power. In isolation, this might not look too good, but Vraska's Minus ability gives you a token, which sacrifices on demand to ramp you, and Overrun will turn this card's power back up to four if you, you know, fabricated up all the tokens. And you have a bunch of tokens, and if somebody board wipes, woohoo! You could not use Fabricate and enter the battlefields of 4-6, do the same thing, you know. And then Mother Bear, one and a green for a two-power, two-toughness. When it's in your GY, that GY stands for Graveyard, if you didn't know that. You can pay three and two green mana to exile Mother Bear from the GY to create a two-power, two-toughness bear tokens. Two of those, but only at sorcery speed. There's your bear tokens. I can barely stand on the tokens from this deck. Ugh, bad pun. Shame on you, James. Weapons craft enthusiast. Two in a black for a zero power, one toughness, either born artificer. With Fabricate 2. You know, you remember our friend. <laughs> what, well, what was our friend's name? Marionette Master. Same, same Fabricate ability from a. What was that? Aether's Vault? So, you can have Enter the Battlefield with two 1-1 one, one Servo creature tokens, or have Enter the Battlefield as a 2-3, but there's no secondary ability, so of course you'd want to be the tokens. It's those tokens that could be dumb to not do that. But anyway, yeah, that's why you want this card in the stack for the fabricated ability. That's what it's being used for. Also, remember, if you have this out on the battlefield at the same time as Marionette Master, if you're those tokens die... And that's going to trigger Marionette Master's ability, and they're, they're going to lose life, you know? <laughs> now on to my favorite part. There's a lot of fun Planeswalkers in this deck, too, starting with Garrick, Primal Hunter. For two and three green mana, converted mana cost of five. It enters with three loyalty, or loyalty three, plus one to create a three-three green beastie. There's your green big boys. Anyway, minus three. Draw cards equal to the greatest power of creatures you control. <laughs> There's lots of card draw right there. Jakes, you were wondering why the three card draw spells I mentioned at the beginning of this episode were so not flood your hands. That's because this guy's kind of supposed to do that for you, as well as another one. But we'll get to that in a bit. Minus six. Create as many six-six green worm creature tokens equal to the amount of land you have. But I don't care about that ability. 
I like the ability that gives you 3-3 green beasts and the minus 3 ability that allows you to draw plenty of cards. Yes, those two. And I don't care about creating a bunch of green worm creature tokens. That, as is an ultimate ability, it's gonna what is it's gonna only gonna give you like eight, eight green worms. Useless. Garrick Wildspeaker, two green green. Cost of four. It comes in with three loyalty as well. Plus one him to untap two lands, which allows you to ramp quite a bit. Two extra mana every single turn. What? That's pretty good. Or you can minus one this guy to create a 3-3 green beast. Um, That's the other guy's plus one ability. But you know what? Let's carry on. They become 6-6 six, six tramplers in a little bit. Yay. So, And then you can minus four Garrick Wildspeaker. All your creatures get plus three, plus three, and trample, which is exactly what Overrun does. So, you know, you could cast Overrun... And then the next turn, if you wanted to, you could use Garrick Wildspeaker instead, if he had plenty of loyalty counters. And then you could cast Overrun again the following turn for seven mana because of the signature spell, commander tax, kind of issue thingy. Yeah, but for four mana, this guy is a big fighter, and he creates more fighters, and gives you mana and draws you card. Remember when he fought Liliana? Yay, good old Liliana, Dreadhorde General is here. Four and two black to summon her. She has like six, six loyalty counters. Her tacked on ability is whenever a creature you control dies, draw a card. Plus one, create a two power two toughness black zombie creature token. That's a plus one ability. Wow. Create more zombie tokens. Hooray! Minus four. Wow, that's a lot to subtract. Each player sacrifices two creatures. Yay, everybody loses things. But you're going to draw two cards off that, so it's not too bad, right? Right, and if you get board wiped after you have her out, you draw so many cards, so many cards, and you still have your planeswalkers. There's a lot of planeswalkers in this deck that I forget to mention. <sighs> anyway, minus nine. Each player chooses a permanent of each permanent type they control and sacrifices the rest. This includes land, but I don't understand why do you want to do this unless you just wanted to be a complete poopy poopy head. To your playgroup. I mean, of course, everybody wants to do that now and then and again and again and again, which is why you don't play with me when I'm pulling out this deck, especially if I don't like you, because then nobody have fun. Anyway, this is a voice of Zendikar. One green green. She comes in with loyalty three. Just for three mana. What an easy to cast. What an easy to cast one. This is mid-game material right here. Easy peasy neasy. Uh, I was trying to, you know, shame on me again. Plus one to create a zero power one toughness green plant creature token. Hey, that would activate the champion of Lambolt and Ivy Lane Denizen, whatever it was. Minus two, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. That will give will add a lot of power to your board, especially with everybody else creating all those zombie tokens and the, the beast tokens and the other plant tokens. By the way, just letting you know that there's plant tokens. Also, minus seven. You should count how many lands you have because that's how much life you're getting and how many cards you're getting. The amount of lands. Yes. Minus seven. I know that's pretty out there, pretty late game, pretty last resort kind of stuff. I mean, but you know, if you don't need any more plant tokens and if you don't need to pump up your entire board and you just want to draw cards, there's an easy peasy option right there. And coming back to our Queen Vraska of the Unseen, six black. I mean, 
Uh, did I say six? I meant three and the black and a green for converting a cost of five. She comes in with five loyalty counters plus one her. Is whenever a creature deals combat damage of Raska the Unseen, destroy that creature. Disincentivizing people from attacking her specifically, but I mean, you only want to plus her loyalty so you can use her second ability. Because with that one, you can destroy target non-land permanent. That's pretty much anything threatening you, even an opponent's planeswalker, which is getting you on your nerves. You're like, you know what? He go bye-bye. Minus seven, crate three, one power, one toughness, black assassin creature tokens, which when they deal combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. I mean, when you cast overrun, they're going to become four fours with trample. And of course, there's plenty other opportunities to make them stronger along the way. So, you know, there's a uh, I win the game button in there. And you can see, and that is the Vraska Relic Seeker show up at the party with an army and start stomping deck. Except I missed one card. The super secret signature spell. The super secret second signature spell second harvest. Two green green instant speed. Four mana. Create a token that is a copy of each token you control. And then you can decimate. I mean, you'll, of course you want to cast that right before... It's your turn again, and then go on to draw cards using Nisa's minus ability. And, you know, the Blacks and Zenith, maybe. I don't know what you want to do with this information, but there you go. There's oh, this awesome this awesome Vraska deck that I absolutely love. I like the character Vraska and Magic the Gathering. He hopes she goes places and not just sits there on Ravnica looking stupid. Plowing Jace, probably.